All right. Okay, this is going to be a short little bash report, basham uh, broadcast here on the January nineteenth, twenty fourteen, as we go into the new year in full. The new year has begun. Hard to believe it's twenty fourteen. Time is just roaring by, and right now. I am out in the cold, so being kind of cold, this is going to be kind of short. And I have a short mo letter to present called Are You a Sightseer? Which kind of just came to me. I was running and I was listening to an incredible sermon by an Indian reverend whose name I, whose name escapes me. And um, I'll find his name here in just a second. And he was just talking about prayer and, you know, how their prayer you don't get glory for, but it is the biggest, most powerful thing you can do. I mean, you don't get glory from men. All heaven is just so happy to see you on your knees. And um, he was just, I mean, he's a Christian church pastor, and I have my thing about church pastors being the grandson of one. And I think it's good to just be a little bit... Um, a little bit wary of church pastors myself but he was an incredibly amazing speaker he talked about a lot of amazing stuff which I will not get into but it really inspired me during my run in the middle of the night at about 12 o'clock two hours ago to just try it you know kneel and pray I rarely ever do that and amazingly on this beautiful nature walk boardwalk over the the mangroves i happened to just kneel by the side i turned off the the mp3 player and knelt and i've been taking aikido recently and we always do this kind of uh japanese sit and then we also bow to the ground whenever we begin or end the class with the teacher and thank the teacher and um and you make a little triangle with your your hand as you do it, which could be seen as an Illuminati symbol, but it's very old, so who knows. But um, anyway, I just knelt and prayed, and I didn't, you know, I don't really do that very much. I just feel like, you know, in the spirit, we should always be kneeling. It shouldn't just be something you do once a day or whatever, three times a day. It should be like 24 hours a day. We should just be on our knees in the spirit. And that was the revelation I got as soon as I did it. It was just like, you don't have to just, you don't have to do this. But it felt good to do it. It felt good to just get on my knees and pray. I haven't done it in forever. And um, a little miracle happened, too. Because I just kind of contemplated there for a moment. I turned off my MP3 player. And, and I thought, well, this kind of brings you down in height a little bit. Kind of brings you to the level of a child, you know. I'm six foot two, so just to suddenly be kneeling on the side of the road there was nobody there and and then i thought about how japanese always bow to the ground you know they they're first they're already kneeling but then they bow their head touching almost to the ground i mean that makes you really short and so i tried it i was just like oh okay i'll just pray i'll bow and i bowed and you wouldn't believe this right in front of my face was a triangular shaped piece of glass sitting exactly right where i was just you know, kneeling and bowing my head to the ground. And with, by the way, the shape of a triangle with my my two hands. 
and I looked to the left and the right, and there were no other pieces of glass. And I could, when I continued running, there were definitely no pieces of glass. Um, a glass triangle, you know. I thought, hey, the crystal pyramid, you know. <laughs> I just thought, I don't know what it means. I should just get a prophecy, ask God what it means. But um, anyway, that was, I hope I didn't just lose any credit I got from praying. But it, it felt cool. Like, I think... You know, when you when you just pray, it's when you aren't just sitting there in a chair. It's just a good exercise overall to just sit in the squatting position, I think. Prayer position. But um, anyway, um, I, I... Oh, I found his name. It's Ravi Zacharias. Ravi Zacharias, Making a Difference in the World video on YouTube. Beautiful, beautiful and absolutely inspiring just about how uh, one man can change the world and how God is waiting for you to stand up in your part of the world and make a difference. And um, you know, that's true. I, I haven't heard anybody preach that message in a while, so I, I was very, very blessed by that. My dear friend, um, shared that message with me and I'm, I'm going to change the subject here now and um, touch upon a little bit of news this is breaking news uh, this is an article from the powerpointparadise.com slash blog it's, uh, it's a blog called the mouse that w roared and it's the paradise, the paradise post and uh, it's, it's called Hollywood Floods World with Biblical Films for Money Only. Hmm. So this is kind of a, a, a report on all these Bible movies that are just popping out all over the place this year. So this year, 2014, is supposedly the year of the Bible in Hollywood. And of course, we need to be wary of what we see in Hollywood. But it's, it's almost giving you a, a signal about... Because Hollywood is really dying in a lot of ways. They're they're just they don't have any creativity left. They've got a lot of money still. Ticket sales are through the roof. But if you notice, like the the budgets, except for the super giant blockbusters, movies are just it's just the whole business out there is just is just rotting from inside out. And meanwhile, I mean, then you know they're just just rotting away. And but meanwhile the public are really, really hungry for TV shows and movies like the Bible. And, um, it's the biggest cable show is the Bible. Um, uh, some of the biggest movies have been very controversial, but very filled with truth kind of movies like the matrix or not that that's a Christian movie, but, um, you know, the passion of the Christ and, uh, just movies with a good message. I mean, even the movie Superman, which I was just blown away by. I just was so touched by it. is absolutely full of the gospel message inside of it. So it goes to show how the public are hungry for the truth. And um, this is just horrific to all the people that hate God. But, you know, in the end, their money money God. And so they're, they're just going to go with the movies that tell the truth in their little own kind of imperfect way. So, um, anyway, let's read a little bit of this. There's the Al Jazeera, the Zionist Mideastern BBC, 
says there is a new trend underway in Hollywood this year, with the movie industry reaching back in time to the Bible for storytelling material. It's an effort to tap into a large and potentially lucrative market two and a half billion evangelical Protestant, Catholic, and other Christians from around the world. So, um, you can take a look. I'm going to post the link to this uh, article on this audio. And um, very interesting to see. And I was really excited about, not so much about Noah, but the fact that Ridley Scott is conducting Moses with Christian Bale, of all people. I mean, how cool is that, you know? So, um, we'll, we'll see. It, this is going to be quite amazing. Um, not because the movies are going to be so truthful, but because it shows that, you know, the, the thirst for truth is going to take over. And the more people are hungry for the truth, the more the world is going to have to just do something about it. Either, you know, start World War III and try to exterminate all the Christians or just kind of, you know, give in and just start making entertainment and books and everything that is uh, connected to that. So um, that's that. And then there's an amazing article that I found, which is not so recent, but it's about 3,000 dinosaur footprints having been found in China that were fleeing the flood. And uh, it's incredibly amazing, but to think that these dinosaurs were all gathered in one area, one spot, before their footprints were fossilized immediately escaping the flood. They were probably stranded on some island somewhere and uh, in that spot and they were you know trying to, to maintain their ground as the, the flood waters rose. And they were tyrannosaurs and coleurosaurs and hydrosaurs. So obviously a bunch of different dinosaurs. I guess when it comes to that type of emergency they don't really care who's a meat eater and who's a vegetable eater so um gosh man it's it's pretty cool like uh, it's about a thousand animals all in one spot that um were gathered in one spot so that's another interesting article i shall place that on my on this video on the blog on the on the i'm sorry man it's getting cold out here i'm losing my speech time to read i am going to read are you a sightseer or a sight or a seer sighter? I've always been kind of mystified by the name of the letter, but it is from 1974. It is about, I think it's about tourism. Tourism versus being on a mission for God. That's what, that's my interpretation of this. And um, I could almost rename it. Are you a sightseer or a sight to be seen? Are you just living your life, just seeing the sights and just working so that you can have a vacation to go somewhere and just be happy for a little while, a few weeks, and then go back to your dismal job? Or are you, wherever you are, are you on a mission for God to spread the love of God and the gospel? You know, are you a spectacle? And if you do go to another country, do you go there for the the country's sites or do you go there for the people you know i think if you go there for the people you're part of the mission for god you know all right i'm talking a little quiet here because it's 
2 in the morning and I'm outside and there's uh, people sleeping around here, so... But I just, you know, I gotta do this. This is, you know, recording these, it's not... I don't get anything from this except just... I feel like I deliver my soul when I do these things. And it's just... I just gotta do it. I don't know how good the audio is even coming through here. It's, uh, it's windy and it's... <laughs> I gotta go inside soon. But this is a pretty short letter, so... Let's just read it. It's, it goes like this. This revelation of truth was inspired by the Lord. As we gaze out the window of our train upon the ruins of castle after castle and great house after great house, palace after palace, of the ancient Roman ruins as we wound the of Italy, these great buildings, these glorious edifices, these grand creations of man had all fallen into ruin and decay with the passage of time. As I watched these historic hillsides with their once proud structures of men now in ruins, I could see again the glories of the past, the armies that had swept across these hills, first one way, then another, the legions of Rome and the hordes of her enemies, changing, ever changing, the face of history. One constructing, another destroying, building and tearing down, creating and demolishing in the changing tides of history. Nothing was ever permanent, but each new regime washed away all but the meager vestiges of the past, so that there was little, lif- little left to brag about, sometimes one stone standing on another that's not cast down, giant blocks of useless rock of interest only to the historian and archaeologist, cluttering up the landscape in the way of progress. Man's greatest pride is in his buildings, the work of his hands, always been his downfall, from the towers of Babel of yesterday to the temples of Mammon of today. Man glories in what he has made and prides himself in what he thinks are going to be his everlasting works to influence with awe and wonder the generations to come. But their end is always the same, the wreckage of centuries meaningless to the present and unmourned by their children, the debris of years oft cleared away to build a new monument to man's futile endeavors and classic failures all going the way of all flesh into the grave of oblivion, monstrous reminders of man's transitory tenure, classical testimonials against his puny efforts to eternalize himself without God. This is why from New York across Europe and all the way to Israel, people have asked us, have you seen this? Have you seen that? Did you go here? Did you go there? Did you see this site? Did you view that creation of man? Such and such a building and such and such a tower. And we've usually had to say to their astonishment, no, even to the commonest points of interest. On most tourists' sightseeing lists, the things everybody comes to New York or Europe to see, we haven't even bothered to go around the corner to give a passing glance because the temporary buildings of men do not interest me. For they are only here today and gone tomorrow dead, burdensome, costly, lifeless piles of junk. What is us is seeing the eternal creations of God in coming face to face with the infinitely more fascinating, everlasting souls of men, that heart-to-heart contact, spirit with spirit, that feeling out for the touch divine in his creation, his handiwork, his most eternal workmanship, the immortality of the human soul that is glimpsed in every person we meet, everyone with whom we come into contact, and thrilled in every intercourse of the spirit 
the vibrant, eternal, immortal marvel of human spiritual life from the hand of God. This language is just, it's so rich. But it's, it's true, you know, it's just, how can we live our life just worrying about what everybody else cares about and says is important when every day we are coming up into contact with eternal souls, just one of which could be a, a lord over a planet or a galaxy if, if God uses that person to, um, to consider them worthy to have such a destiny and such an authority. You know, because it doesn't just say, you know, you've been faithful over, um, you know, a couple cities and I'll make you over many cities. But it says go out into all the world and into all the universe to be a gospel, a witness of the gospel. And our, our destiny as a human race is to plant the heavens, as Jerry Lee, the manifesto, often says. It's to, to be the ones that bring the seed of, of God into, once it's perfected, into all the universe. So, I mean, there's, there's no limit to what God can do with just one person. So are you, you know, shining his light into those people that you meet every day? You know? Okay, this is what is, in, this is, what is thrilling. This is what ex is exciting. This is what sends us across continents and oceans to faraway lands to seek and to save that which was lost, not to tour and to sightsee at the fantastic failures of man, to even begin to approach in his pitiful creations the unchangeable, eternal, immortal, living realm of the spiritual creation of God. This is what is worth seeing, that longing look deep in the eyes of a frightened young girl, that searching spirit felt in contact with a wandering boy, that deep hunger in the heart of man for his creator, the immortal spirit, the everlasting life, the spark of eternity, the creation of God, in the hearts of the living, not that that dead, ridiculous rubble of the things of the past. Therefore we have come to hate sights and sightseeing and the tours of man. We have come to scorn his ridiculous creations, so lauded and heralded by the children of men, so praised by man's worshippers, the age of man, man and his world. In every city, in every land, in every great fair, it is always the handiwork of man which is most praised as man pats himself on the back for have arriving, having arrived as gods. Place worship is man worship, thing worship, temple worship, now an abomination to God. But this is the worship of man, his religion, his purpose, his life, his death, his death's work, not the work of the life of God. We want to see living creatures, living creations, living beings, humans from the hand of God. We want to see the people, the children, the boys, the girls, the men, the women, the human beings. We want to look on the land of the living, not the creations of the dead, the homes of the spirit, not the whole tombs of the past. We want to see life and li to live, to touch, to warm, to woo, to win the living, not the dead. Let the dead bury the dead. Let the dead go sightseeing to see the sights of the mausoleums of dead men. As for me and my house, we will live in the land of the living. The land of the living God, the hearts and the souls and the lives of the immortals, the temples of the living God. 
the throbbing, pulsing, exciting, thrilling, ecstatic, spiritual orgasms of spiritual intercourse with the temples of his Holy Spirit. You, all of them, every one of them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature to make disciples of all the nations, not sightseers, but seers, seers, prophets of the wonders of the children of God. So cool, man. What more can I say, man? For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That is my verse for the day. That is, that's my verse. And I had a busy day. I didn't even have time to sit down and read the Bible. I only had time to stand up and read the Bible today. Oh, no, that's not true. I did have a little bit of time. I'm trying to format my book right. If you want to read a really, really well book, I made a bookstore on my blog. Okay, but the format's still, it's just the title page and I gotta fix. And I don't think you're ever done editing a book, so I just stopped editing it so I can move on to the next book, because writing is fun. But editing is hard. Man, it took me way longer to edit it than to write it. So, alright, let's continue. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. This is Second Corinthians. Set not therefore your affections on the things which are upon the earth, but the things which are above. In the real spirit and the hearts of men, the kingdom of God whose building are ye, lively stones, living organisms in a spiritual house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Therefore, seek ye first the kingdom of God. You know what? When I was running in this this uh, an amazing, amazing guy, a guy named Ravi Zacharias, who I mentioned before, he's, he was talking about how we have to be faithful to love our countries and our cities before we can really be real missionaries. And of course, I, I don't consider myself just American anymore. I mean, uh, as far as I'm concerned, America is dead. It's just... Americans are alive, many of them, but but the country as a whole, it's 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 about to go into judgment, and it's it's not worth fighting for. Um, it's valiant for people to to continue to try to uphold the constitution, but as far as everyone knows now, it's it's a military dictatorship. It's it's toast. It's it's gone as as soon as the the printing press stops working people are going to realize that somebody opened the door in the submarine when it was thousands of feet of water and uh it only takes a few seconds for it to crumple like into a into the size of an aluminum can um a coke can so be ready you know just just live by faith i can't tell people to just run away anymore i've i've run away hoping to to just carry god's work somewhere in the world and um, I've seen him do miracles for me I've not been perfect at all I've been a total human totally typical sinful human but I've seen his miracles in my life and uh, I just I felt always called to leave as soon as I got filled with the Holy Spirit it was like get out of the States so like, alright so anyway um, but I do I do call anybody that has the ability to leave you know, I mean, God can can keep your nuclear war. 
but why wait you know just start seeking god outside if you can but um when i was listening to that i just realized you know my identity is really with my new country is is heaven and with anybody that is close to heaven and christians that i've seen live by faith and that have lost their faith in many ways those are the people I still spend my time with, not because they are so inspiring to be around all the time. A lot of a lot of the Christians that I'm with barely have their faith anymore. Hardly ever sing, hardly ever pray in United Prayers. It's it's no more about inspiration. It's almost like comforting fellow brothers that are just holding on somehow in their faith. And it's it's kinda ugly sometimes. And I've seen people die too, physically and spiritually. And, um, but I just, I feel like we need to, wherever you're identified as a countryman, and as far as the family international, the children of God, I mean, that's, that's gotta be my country still. I don't, I don't have much else on this planet. I don't really belong on this planet anywhere. I don't have a country, but my country is with the outcasts, with the beggars of God. You can uh, look up that King of the Beggars prophecy. And, um, these are the people that I just fellowship with and find my faith fueled and uh not in mo letters only i mean I, mo letters are amazing and stuff but it's just the the living country the the living souls and um i think about mama and her uh maria you know her her kind of um stepping down in many ways unofficially but between you and me i don't think she's ever lost her faith I think other people lost theirs and kind of took over. And and uh, this is a call out. I mean, I, I know I'm not like yelling here, but inside I am. I am saying, you know what? The revolution for Jesus, it's not done. And all those mantles and all those new weapons, they they work. Even if people forsake them, even if they're sitting there, you know, I heard a quote about a good sword being able to be revived even if it's cracks and dents in it as long as it's really good sword really well made and forged in the fires you know and it's it's at its heart at its core it's a good sword and it can be easily reforged again and readied for battle and that's how i look at all these weapons the keys the spirit helpers the loving jesus you know i've got an arsenal full of them open to anybody who has the crazy faith to read and to use them but in in many ways they are rusting there and uh from lack of use and but they are good swords they can be used again you know my life it's almost like nothing but old forgotten mantles i'm already but sometimes i just feel so much older than that because i just i spend my time with all these men that are like forgotten like G.K. Chesterton, Don Basham, my grandpa, you know, David Berg, and um, a lot of a lot of people that are out in the fringe. But thank God, you know, Alex Jones works hard. He gets there every day. He just screams his head off for three hours every day, five days a week, six days a week. He's getting the message out, and I think there is something to be said about just working hard and just swinging away and plugging away and doing whatever you can and fighting like a maniac you know in whatever way you can let's say you're not a maniac let's say you just do one thing a day if you just do one thing a day 
or even just one thing a week or one thing a month you know we can fight back against the new world order and the enemy in the way that he's establishing his system but it's almost too late i mean it's like it's happening and god is allowing it to happen because people are letting it happen themselves you know who's standing up to fight for all the billions and millions of you know um, aborted babies you know it's who is really um, standing up against all the the fraud and all the injustice that's happening not just homosexual marriage but like you know if you read the book of jasher the, the stuff going on in sodom and gomorrah was far worse than just homosexuals it was it was like absolute you know injustice carried out on a regular basis so uh that's where we are now and so I, it, I have the fear of God to just step away from a situation like that. It says in Proverbs, you know, leave the presence of a man when he no longer speaks the words of knowledge. And that's, I'm sorry, but that's all the big hon honcho Americans that you see on TV and that are being applauded by audiences, the, the big pastors, the mega churches. You know, leave their presence. It's just get away. And, and you know what? You might be alone for a few years, but sooner or later, God will pick you up and put you with some other Christians that are out there that are just forging their way through the world by faith. All right, there's one paragraph here, so I'm going to read this. So, are you a sightseer or a seer of the spirit? Are you a tourist of the tombs or an evangelist of the living? Let the dead bury the dead, and come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Hallelujah. In this whole world, there's nothing more thrilling sight than one single saved soul. There's not a more thrilling sight than one single saved soul. It's so true. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house, for this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath much more honor than the house, for every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God, and Moses verily was faithful in all of his house, as a servant, servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after, but Christ as a son over his own house whose house are we hebrews 3 1 through 6 so true so just focus on loving god and loving others that's it that's your life right there as a christian and i can't believe it's already been 30 minutes praise the lord i just i needed this so thank you if you're listening but thank god even if nobody ever does because heaven is a witness this is a spirit report because it doesn't go out just into the technological airwaves. It goes out into the airwaves of the spirit. The spirit waves. Amen.